Episode 4 of the Tea Break series has Connor McCurr and James Taylor from Surrey joining me. In this episode, we talked about how they deal with setbacks such as injuries, their mental preparation for games, uh, with a focus on things like visualisation and meditation. We also looked at who they feel comfortable speaking to and how the team and wider club environment can be really beneficial to good mental health and fitness. So we've got the two guys here from Surrey County Cricket Club. Good evening, James. Good evening. I've also got Connor. How are you, Connor? Very well, thank you. How are you? Oh, yeah, can't complain. So the question I've asked everyone in this series has been, what are you doing at the moment with the and the social distancing? James, how are you keeping yourself busy? Uh, been finding it hard, to be fair. Um, being on, I think running's really helped me. Um, I've been on a few 5K runs just to clear the mind and bought a bike the other day from um, Gumtree, I think. So, yeah, just been on that for a few times. Been on that a few times and uh, kept myself busy. So, yeah, not too bad. Too bad. Okay. And yourself, Connor? Um, yeah, pretty similar. It's It's been tough. It's obviously very different. We, we're quite busy most of the time. So, to have absolutely nothing to do is, is pretty rare. Um, trying to keep a schedule throughout the day and train in the morning. And then, like I said to you, try and get some fresh air. I think long walks are really good for me. Yeah. yeah, just to kind of doing what we can at the moment. Now, had cricket been as normal, we'd, the season would have started. Um, what kind of, just to give us a little insight to, to what you guys get up to in the close season, what had you, when cricket had been, um, had been, been cancelled for the foreseeable, what did you training you got to? What were you working on? At the point where you were told there wasn't going to be anything until the end of May, James, how were you looking in terms of your pre-season? Uh, my pre-season was a bit sort of uh, stop-start because um, I came in obviously from Derby to Surrey from October, um, and I sort of did the first month of um, sort of training fine, joining with all the lads, and then picked up a um, sort of stress fracture that had been from the end of the season that had been picked up in a scan. So I had to start doing completely, I had to just like sort of start rehab and stuff and sort of slow the schedule down for me. Um, whereas all the other lads were still training pretty full on during that sort of November, leading up to Christmas, December time. But when we came back after Christmas in January, I just started back bowling and um, it was going quite nicely. I still didn't get to a long run-up yet, but I was sort of like one or two weeks away from that, that position, really. Um, so, yeah, and then I came back home from London and then had the call from Alex saying that one of my flatmates had got symptoms of it and then haven't been back since, really. Right, OK. Connor, where were you at when you finished? Um, geez, we were pretty close to 100%. Um, we were probably four weeks, three weeks out from going to Dubai, even less than that. It would have been two weeks. Um, so that's our pre-season 100% underway. So um, the November-December training blocks is all fitness-orientated. And then January-February was 100% cricket. Um, that's when the switch happens to get us ready for the season. 
Um, and if all had gone according to plan, we were two weeks away from being um, in game situations and then, you know, back and ready for the start of the season. So, yeah, it was really bad time and we were 100%. Yeah, all that hard work and, and we just sort of sat around. But we've got to remain hopeful that we, we get something at, at some point. Now, a lot of the time when people uh, listen to these things with the players, They'll um, be interested to know how you deal with certain things and not necessarily the things on the pitch. So, James, you mentioned there about um, an injury during this pre-season period. And I know Connor's had some, some setbacks in that regard as well. So, starting with you, James, how do you, how do you cope with injuries? What's your mental process to try and get through it? Because it can be something that... Uh, which puts you in quite in a really low place. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's you have like a really positive mindset with it. You know these things happen in sort of cricket and stuff, and especially at like a young age, cricket is such like so hard on the body. Um, you're going to pick up these injuries sort of throughout your young career, and you've just got to have the mindset of you know not giving up really. Um, just looking back at sort of you playing like playing cricket and those like good memories you had when you were like top form like bowling or batting or the good sort of things that stick in your head. You just got to think about those things whilst you're going through your prehab because you know you're just going to get back on top at some point. Um, but yeah, it can be it can be hard because especially if you're in sort of away from all the other t- all the other all your other teammates. So sometimes it can be hard to sort of motivate yourself to like keep going, but you know it's, it'll be worth it. So when you get back up and running. Yeah. Oh, how about yourself? Yeah, obviously I have to reiterate everything that James has said, but I found it. Sorry about the siren. <laughs> um, um, yeah, like like I was saying, it's very very hard I think especially when it happens in season um, and you off the field on your own while everyone else is doing what we all love it's, it's tough um, in this period I think it's it's pretty similar to an injury actually um, when you're stuck at home not doing anything just trying to gym um, and for me it's just trying to stay positive and actually trying to keep myself motivated outside of cricket so I try and set little goals and Things that I'm trying to achieve, so I still feel like I'm succeeding in some way. Yeah, that is certainly important to keep hold of something. You've both got um, a, an indirect route to Surrey from having moved from elsewhere. So it'd be really interesting to hear about how that affects you, having to to, to leave one particular setting to then move somewhere um, for development, for progress. Uh, James, at your tender age, how have you dealt with making the move from one county to another? Uh, yeah, it's, it was quite tough at the start because obviously Surrey's filled with like a lot of big names and you know sort of people you look up to really. And it was hard at the start trying to find your place in the dressing room and with the lads, but um, you know Connor, especially Dan, um, who had already been there since like the the end of last season. Um, really sort of helped me sort of get like find my place a little bit really um, 
because it can it is a bit is a bit weird when you go into a dressing room not really knowing anyone or sort of on your own a little bit. But um, it, it was I I felt sort of I found the love for the game back again when I started for Surrey because when I'd left from Derby I had the two like pretty tough years really starting at sixteen being away from all my mates and not really thinking that I was good enough and then coming to Surrey and it's sort of just I'm excited to just go to train every morning and it's like if you wake up I've sort of explained it to a couple of mates if you it's like you're playing cricket at 12 and you've got like a training session or a game the next day there's a feeling the night before that like oh you can't sleep or something like that and I didn't really have that derby but when I came to Surrey, I got that feeling back again of sort of like, this is what I want to do. This is, um, like, I've just, just found the love for the game back again. So this move's really helped me, I think, quite a lot. Yeah, best club so in the world, eh? Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's fascinating because from the outside looking in, cricket fans would look at it and say, oh, I'd absolutely give my arm to do it. And then there are so many examples where players say they they had a rut where they didn't enjoy it. And connecting with why, given all these hours over the years, to be there it makes sense again. That must be really, really invigorating. Now, Connie, your journey further than from Derby down the road to, to London. Just let us know a little bit about what happened with you leaving South Africa to coming over to England. Well, I suppose in my last year of school, I was playing for base under 19 side. Um, and I had a few contacts at the time that knew I had a British passport. And with that, was obviously looking to play cricket elsewhere. I think my main thing was to give myself the best opportunity to have a, a long and successful career. Um, and if I was able to do that in England, then I thought at the time that it was going to be what, what was best. Um, and then luckily, um, I got hold of Stewie, um, and he had sent out Stuart Barnes, who was the, the bowling coach at the time, to meet me in Bangladesh, where we were having our World Cup. Um, and we had a lot of discussions there. Um, he saw me play a couple of times, and then offered me a contract so it all happened very quickly and I was really lucky um, and literally I got the contract and then next day I'd pen on paper there was no second doubt there was no real consideration I just dove in moved to London. How was that then so you're following your dream and and everything's going smoothly to get there but was there any element of being homesick or struggling to adapt? Um, yes, it was very hard for the first year. Um, I suppose I was, I was lucky in a way that I was at boarding school for, for four years. Um, so the being away from home part, I was used to. Um, but I'd moved here on my own. No family, no friends. So the being like completely isolated was, was tough to deal with. Um, and unfortunately, I was injured for that first year or four. 90% of that first season. So it was really tough to deal with actually have I made the right decision. You know, I spent a lot of time away from cricket 
in London, not knowing anyone, not knowing what to do. So it, was, it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be, you know, in London. Um, and, I, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out, really. I still um, have no family here. I've got no, you know, this is, I'm just learning as I go, really. So I think the, the, the part of being at Surrey and having, I think, Alex Stewart for me has been incredible. He's been a, a father figure in leading my career so far. And I think without him, I would have, I would have really struggled and potentially called it quits. But he's been there supporting me. And, you know, I'm just so lucky that I'm at Surrey. It really is the best club in the world. Great to know. And for everyone, having someone there to support you is what makes the, the big difference. Um, both of you then, as, as, as pace bowlers, what I'm interested to hear now is about how you prepare pre-game. So not so much in the weeks and months of pre-season, but as you're about to go out there and the toss has been done and you're going out to field, what kind of things are you doing in those five or ten minutes before you take the field and cross that white line? James, do you have a particular routine that you follow? Um, I don't have a particular routine. Maybe before, the, in that ten-minute period, it's more either on the day or the night before. I quite enjoy visualising sort of how I want to play that game or what, and what my role is in the team. Um, and as, if I'm clear on that, then in those 10 minutes, it's sort of just about getting my body sort of ready, stretched off and in and, and sort of game, game mode mindset, really. I haven't found anything at the start of my career that's, that I've had like a plan. But I think along the lines, I think I'll pick, I'll pick some things up but I haven't sort of found anything that works for me yet in those, like, as you said, in those, like, pretty 10 minutes or something like that. Um, you're certainly doing something with, like, yeah, you're stretching, you're focusing on what you're wanting. How long have you done the visualisation stuff for? Oh, since, since when I was nine and playing sort of age group cricket for Staffordshire, I've always sort of visualised how I want to do it how I want to sort of play my brand of cricket in a sense. And knowing your role in the team is probably the biggest thing for me because sometimes you can get in a bit of a rut of, you see other people doing not one thing that you want to do, like bowl 90 mile an hour and blow everyone's heads off. Whereas I know that that's not my game. Um, so as long as I know my <clears throat> role in the team and game, then that's, that's good enough for me. I think. That's great. And I think always when we do these things, it's to try and give people an insight to all areas of cricket and, and, and the mental side of it. And understanding what you can and can't do is such an important skill in cricket and, and in life. So easily overlooked because it just seems so simple. So your two things there, I think everyone listening to you think, how could they involve that in their game? For you, Connor, is there anything as a particular routine or are you more like James? You've done it um, in well, you know, to be honest, I've struggled with pretty bad anxiety on the field. Um, so for me, the, the 10, 15, 20 minutes leading up to walking onto the field um, is not necessarily about cricket. Um, you know, I've, 
in that period, nothing's going to change in my head. I think I've got to trust in my preparation 100%. Um, and I take that 20 minutes to breathe and to calm myself. Um, so I spend that, that time trying to focus on keeping myself calm and keeping myself um, you know, in, a, in a steady and focused state rather than you know, anything else. Okay, yeah. So with your, with your breathing, is that part of something you, you do consciously where you go through a particular routine or you're just trying to get it nice and calm down? Um, I think I've, I've meditated a lot. So the, the, the practice of breathing and controlled breathing is something that I've just learned over time. Um, and then in those 20 minutes, it's just to get it slow and steady and focused. So there's no focus. I mean, there's no specific routine. It's just to get it focused and, and calm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad to hear another player who, who's a meditator, someone who's has that as part of it. I could spend the rest of the evening talking about how important it is, what a useful tool it is. <laughs> yeah. But it's for everyone to find their, their own way. In the game itself, um, you've made your, your preparations over the weeks, the months, and then just before the game. But as you're there at the top of your mark, or going back to the top of your mark, is there anything that you try to do as a habit or something that, that helps you? What's your process when you're doing that, Jeff? Um, I sort of I try and have a quite a clear mind. Um, walking back to my mark, sort of if the last ball hasn't gone sort of the way I wanted it to, or if I bowled a rank half volley or a bad ball, um, I try and get that out of my mind straight away. Um, because I feel like if you keep looking back at those things throughout your spell or scared to hit a certain area, you might sort of start floating it out or keep or get sort of carried away a bit. So I feel like for me, it's sort of just having a clear mindset, knowing my game plan and sticking to that really. There's not really much else I'm thinking about other than the next ball, to be honest. On a similar for you. Yeah, I think if you ask any fast bowler or any bowler for that matter, it would be the same. Um, I just think my first ball. I think because of the whole process of trying to keep myself calm, the the very first ball that I bowl is always probably my most important. I think for me, I've got to. Um, as will always be my stock ball. The, I will never try anything fancy or different on my on my first ball. It's got to be something that I could repeat in my sleep, really, um, just to make sure that I, I don't know, you almost you almost get into the game. You allow yourself the chance to to get into the game. Um, but there again, that's all just about keeping myself calm and steady. And then throughout the spell, it's like James has said: if you bowl a bad ball, you're not a robot. It's going to happen. So. Keep yourself calm. Keep yourself focused on what you've got to do. Um, and the calmer, the better for me. Okay. And with your different, your different formats that are, that are present in, in, in our sport, is there one that you, you prefer, that you, you, you really are majorly motivated by, or do you have the same opinion 
of them all. I'll ask you, James, particularly with your um, England under-19s experience there, um, is that, that format, the 50 over one, that you, you enjoy the most or do you like the longer form or do you like even the, the short snap of the T20? Um, well, throughout my career, I haven't really played too much T20 cricket. Um, throughout the two years I played at Derby because I was either injured at that point or I didn't get picked. But when I was playing 50 over cricket for under-19s, um, I did really enjoy it, but I don't really think that's sort of my format. I think the four-day stuff and the three-day stuff for the second team is my, my preferred form um, because obviously the white ball cricket is sort of more suited maybe to express like a bit more pace and stuff. Um, so I would say I prefer the longer format, definitely. That's, you know, that's suiting you, based on what you said there before, about understanding your, your game, yeah. Um, Connie, what about you? Um, I think test cricket is the goal. Um, the longer form Red Bull cricket is, is what I love. Uh, it's what I grew up watching. It's what I grew up playing. Um, but I think the more that I get exposed to white ball cricket, um, and 50 over in particular for me, um, I actually love it. I think it would be everyone's goal to play in a World Cup and it's still the most watched form of cricket. So uh, I'd love to play 50 over cricket, but my goal and my ultimate dream is to play test cricket. Yeah. So a big part of what we do with open up cricket is, as well as the stuff that we've talked about, about around the mental side of the game and, and talking about mental fitness in that sense, we're also thinking about what people do more day-to-day -day that keep them keep themselves mentally healthy. So what kind of things do you fall back on when you've had maybe a busy day training, there's the pressures and expectations around it? What's your thing that you can rely on that makes you feel good and helps you switch off. James, is there anything there? Uh, I'm going to speak like a typical teenager here and say that I quite like going on my PlayStation after sort of a busy day. Because yeah. um, it sort of just gets you away from the outside world for a couple of hours. <clears throat> um, and you can hop on, because most of my mates I can't don't really see anything from uh, back where I live in Stoke play. I can play with and speak to, so it's nice to sort of have <clears throat> speaking to the lads from cricket and talking cricket all the time in the training and stuff, and then you come away from, you get back to the flat in London or you come back home, and then you can just sort of speak about sort of everything else or whilst just playing on your on your PlayStation, really. That's what I sort of find quite good. Yeah. Connor, how about you? Um, well, I'm lucky enough to live with my girlfriend, so... Uh, come out of cricket and have a lot of stuff to do really um, yeah it, it keeps me busy and keeps me happy it allows me time to switch off um, for me having a having a partner having family outside of cricket is is probably the most important to like you mentioned when I mentioned Stewie it's having someone there to support you and and especially when you're down I mean the one thing that I've learned is you have a lot more down days than good playing cricket. I know that sounds terrible, but it's just how it is. So to have somebody there to support you and you know be there no matter what, because luckily enough she doesn't know much about cricket, so I can be brilliant or 
or useless and <laughs> I'm still the same person when I get home and that's really important to me. That's great, yeah. As we finish up, um, some of what I'm going to ask has already been touched on in terms of what you, you two have said in your various responses, but in the, in the environment that you're in, um, and you've both spoken very, very highly of it, um, how comfortable do you feel or would you feel um, sharing a problem? Not necessarily with your game, but just how you are generally. Is it the kind of, are we in the time now in 2020 where professional cricketers feel like they, they can speak about that? Um, or is it still something where there might be a bit of reluctance and you, and you think about speaking to someone outside of it? What do you reckon, James? Well, uh, sorry, there's a, there's a psychologist called Nat who I've really found um, helpful um, of getting sort of things off my chest of things that I've been struggling with. Um, for me, at the moment in the Surrey dressing room, I other than maybe Nick, who I've played, um, I've sort of grown up playing cricket against and played under-19s with, I haven't really got like that really, really strong connection I feel like or I can sort of share a problem with and and um, sort of get that feedback. But I, that will come with time in the, in the dressing room as I get to know more people um, and build friendships and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, it's good to know that there's, there is that, that thing outside of the dressing room that's available within the club. Connor, having been a, a bit longer, what's your take on the, the environment in terms of how supportive it is? Um, I think more and more there's an emphasis on the the player um, outside of the dressing room. There's an em there's an emphasis on the individual, um, and it's an increased focus every year. So it's definitely definitely getting better. Um, but as James mentioned, there's a lot of you know big names and big personalities around the Surrey dressing room. So sometimes as a youngster, especially my first couple of years, I found it really hard. Um, if I'm honest, I think that's a personal thing rather than a Surrey dressing room thing. Um, I find it really hard to open up and speak about what I've been through and my, you know, troubles on and off the field. But the Surrey dressing room, our psych, Andrea, um, Stewie is brilliant. Rory Burns as captain is probably the best in the country. Um, and if there was anyone I'd go to, it would probably be him or Jade. Yeah, and I think one message that is really important and, and what you guys have been talking about is that it's always different for each individual because it's great to say to people, oh, you've got to speak to a teammate, you've got to do this, but it's about finding that right person. And as long as everyone's got someone that they feel they can speak to and that grows over time, then that is the most important thing from there. So I, I thank you both very much for your time and for your, your honesty and your answers. And I suppose all we've got left to say is that when we do get some cricket, uh, I hope you go well. Thank you for coming tonight. Thank you very much. It's been Cheers, a pleasure. Thank you very much. Cheers, lads. Thanks for that. Have a good one. Cheers, folks. See you later. Cheers. See you later, bro.